Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real World Productivity Podcast. I'm Adam Moody, and today I'm talking with Benjamin Dell about his background, his business missing letter, and the use of automation and team building in today's world and how it can help you, whether you're on your own or leading a large team. So with that, we're just going to kind of jump right into it. Welcome, Ben. Hey, great to be here, Adam. Cheers. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, behind the scenes, we're talking about Ben or Benjamin. I don't want to have you retell old stories, but I do like to look at what, you know, how people will either pronounce their name or say it. Um, and I realize we switched very quickly, but uh, is it true that you basically like to try to be more formal with Benjamin and slow yourself down a little bit? Or is that the, did I get that right? Yeah, pretty much. When I introduce myself, I, I, I try and just slow myself down a teeny weeny bit by referring to myself in the long term, was Benjamin Dell. But then, yeah, um, I, I, I switch over to Ben after that. Outstanding. All right. Well, I'm going to just jump right into it. And the first set of questions I had for you is about your background, um, just so people kind of understand a little bit more about who you are and where you're coming from. So do you mind sharing as much or as little as you want about uh, your background, uh, as, well, going as far back or not as you want and kind of leading up uh, to where things are now? Cool. Yeah, no, happy to. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm Ben. I, I'm based out here in the UK. Um, um, you know, I, I studied computer science at university, and so my interest, my background has always been in sort of the, the you know, heavily weighted uh, in, and rooted in the tech sort of side of things. But really, beyond, way before that, in my, my, you know, in my, my mind and my aspirations and my, my whole sort of being was all about being my own boss, running my own business, creating ideas, pushing out new markets, and, and just sort of innovating and 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 creating new things uh, and so naturally those two things came together and and so that's really been my professional life the sort of business in uh tech related businesses um i actually spent the first 10 years here uh, in the uk um, running a web agency where we um we worked with local and international clients building out you know tech sort of startups and and mvps typically SaaS, um less of the more um uh wordpress style things and more of the um, bespoke high-end sort of builds and that really um, was a lot of fun in, in working with those clients but it became clear by the end of that 10-year tenure that um, really my heart is in building my own products and and really experimenting with um, with unique concepts and, and and if I can new ideas and seeing whether I can bring those to market and so that's really what I've been doing I suppose full-time um, uh, since selling the agency a few years ago and that first business that I was was lucky enough to um, stumble upon um, was Missing Letter. And that's what's really been consuming my time over the last couple of years. Gotcha. Definitely. And I'm a, a user of it, which is how uh, I ended up coming across uh, yourself, which was great. Uh, having it uh, go through AppSumo and I picked that up and started using it actually for the Productivity Academy. Um, and since then, I've been definitely recommending Ooh. it. So uh, a plug from my end to anybody, please go check it out. It's a great time saver, which we'll definitely talk about. Uh, I, I never say no to a plug. <laughs> so, okay, coming from a CS major, um, going into a uh, web agency, and then I'm going to assume you kind of had a team behind you or you had a team at the web agency. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. Yep. So going into that, did you have any sort of, you know, was there any sort of formal training or did you do anything that, you know, to help you, be, you know, build a team or to um, kind of for leadership purposes or was it pretty much all kind of on the job? Yeah, I, I made it up then and I'm, I'm still making it up now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, do you, I'm just curious then nowadays, I mean, do you, knowing that there's shortcuts and things you can do, do you, have you looked at courses, at books or anything like that, or is it all just kind of learn from the people around you? Yeah, pretty much more of the latter. I, I, 
I love reading. I love listening to podcasts. Uh, pretty much, you know, audio and, 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 and the books that I consume, it's pretty much all factual. So I'm consuming knowledge, but I actually wouldn't say that I, um, I do it intently for um, or, or specifically to pick up new skills or, 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 or learn from other people's strategies and all those sorts of things. Not quite as tactical as, as, as quite a lot of other people um, will try and get out, out of their reading. For me, it's more about learning from history. I, I love biographies and all that sort of stuff. That's the type of learning I like to do. The, the, applying the technical stuff and the actual strategies, I like to actually experiment and actually just try things out and actually have that as a gut feeling within me as to whether it worked or not. Um, so that's kind of where I come at these things from. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that makes sense to me. And I, I definitely agree. I, well, on the biography side, I said, I, I will say, I agree. I think that there's a lot to be learned and there's some fantastic ones out there. Actually, I've got to look, there's a couple of them meaning to read, but to keep on, <laughs> to keep on mm-hmm. topic. Um, so building a web agency, what, like, what was the rough size of, of the team that you were kind of leading there? So at our peak, I mean, we weren't massive at all. Yeah. Um, I think, it, 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 quite frankly, I wasn't that great at running an agency. Um, mm-hmm. in, in the grand scheme of things, you know, we were successful and, and we, we, you know, we did well enough and we stayed in business, which is kind of one of the most important parts, I suppose. Um, and we did some great stuff. But quite frankly, I wasn't the best agency leader. Um, we got to about um, seven or eight people at our peak. So, again, pretty small size. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, that, that, that was pretty what we did, pretty much what we did at the peak. Well, definitely. And I think that there's a lot now, uh, well, a decade ago, I think it would have been more or not, uh, it wouldn't have been as common. I think that there's a lot of tools and a lot of ways that have been learned or more common nowadays for to allow people to do agencies, whether it's, um, you know, social media, whether it's advertising, there's a lot more routes for people, I think, to use the agency model. Um, so I guess like, if you could go back or if you could go back in time and say, hey, I'm going to help Ben from 10 years ago um, to do this, like what what would the things you would now take back and, and tell yourself 10 years ago as far as kind of putting a team together or building a, an agency? I think less the team, uh, more so on the, the, the business model um, behind the agency itself. And I think what I certainly didn't do enough of at all, I, I sort of experimented with very, very lightly was, trying to find that reoccurring model. It's the, it's the nirvana that any agency owner will, mm. of course, seek. Um, but really, those that are truly going to be successful will will nail that part of it. The, the, whether it's productizing a service, whether it's really getting great at the retainer-style contracts, um, really focusing on those style of things so that you can create that sustainability and that almost that reoccurring revenue sort of um, uh, DNA in your business. I did not do enough of that, and I would, would certainly start that um, a lot earlier if I were to do it again. Definitely, that makes sense, and, and definitely uh, from the side of uh, we do training uh, with Semantic Mastery as a business I'm involved with as a co-founder, and it, it helps, I mean, as you know this too, with uh, uh, SaaS products or anything, it helps smooth things out, um, you know, stops the ups and downs, and and. I came to realize because I know as a customer before I had been involved on the back end of this, I was like, ah, do I really want another subscription? Mm-hmm. You know, is it worth it or this or that? But then being on the receiving side and saying, yes, it's really important because I want this person to be invested. I want to pay this person so they continue to support and improve this thing that I'm yeah, paying absolutely. for. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, then kind of transitioning over then. So leaving the agency. Um, going towards missing letter with most of this stuff, it seems like there's usually a need or a pain point. Um, so what happened and, and how did missing letter kind of uh, come or where did it come from? Yeah, so we saw it. Uh, we saw the problem manifest itself both 
for ourselves and what we were doing. And also we were seeing it as quite a common pattern with our with our clients as well. And that was that although we weren't we weren't building blogs, we weren't sort of doing the word, as I said before, what the WordPress sort of side of things, but invariably no matter what the project was that we were delivering for our clients, they were in some capacity attaching a blog to their marketing site as part of, as they were sort of rolling their business out and, and continuing to grow it. And we were just sort of seeing from the sidelines that they were usually very, very switched on with, with writing that blog post, researching it, making sure it was targeted well towards their, their, their core market. Those were ticks, 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 ticks. And, and, you know, a good percentage of them would embrace social media and, and send out that tweet when they published their first blog post. And we thought, great, this, they're, they're, they're switched on. But then we saw this almost immediate drop off after that first few days um, after the blog post had been published, where they almost forgot that, that, that A, the blog post still existed and required promoting, and that their social media channels were there as a channel to, um, to promote those blog posts. Um, and so consequently, they would, of course, see a massive drop off in the traffic and engagement for those blog posts. And it just struck me that, again, I suppose with that technical hat on that, uh, and, and, you know, from a, from a productivity standpoint, I, I personally, I hate wastage. I really do. So when I see something that ticks a tech box and a wastage box or an opportunity for efficiency, it really piques my interest. And what I saw here was that there was a massive waste in the investment that had already been put into writing that long form blog post. They'd already invested that time. They'd put in the effort. And yet they were kind of just saying, okay, done, on to the next one and kind of <laughs> leaving it there. And not only that, for those that were doing something with, um, you know, or something that's a little bit more long-term with their social media strategy, they were basically doing the work twice. They, they, they would finish publishing the blog post and then they would pass it off to someone else in their team or, or perhaps they would do it themselves and they would go through the blog post and go, okay, right, well, I'm going to create a schedule over the next year and I'll put it into spreadsheets and I'll come up with different ways of rewriting that title. I'll maybe summarize it. I'll, I'll think of, you know, and they're, but they're basically rewriting the whole blog post, but just for a different medium. Um, and quite frankly, that was great because they were still doing more than most. They were, were at least being intentional about what they were doing, but it just struck me man, you, you've already written that content. Why are you having to you know, put in that extra effort to, to sort of rehash it? Um, so it struck me that, that perhaps um, a bit of kit, a bit of technology could be built that would, would know how to analyze these blog posts um, and know how to extract the phrases that would work uh, most effectively across their various social channels. And it would be good at hashtag recommendations and, and creating branded imagery and cropping it and all that sort of stuff. Um, and so that was kind of the genesis for Missing Letter. And um, yeah, the rest is history. Cool. Well, yeah, I'm a prime example and I'm not, uh, certainly didn't go into this just with the uh, intent to just be like, go out and everybody should get this. But that's, I mean, that's exactly my use case. And I, what I, I really like too, that it's it's centralized in the sense that I don't need to use a tool to do, you know, part or step one, then another tool to do step two, another one to do step three. It's, it's taken care of uh, for the most part in-house in the sense that I can log in a missing letter, take care of it, and a lot of it's automated, which uh, I'm a huge fan of and, and saves a lot of time. Cool. cool. So speaking of, yeah, speaking of saving time, I was just curious about this, and this is a little bit on the spot, uh, but do you happen to track how much time a typical campaign saves? We did. Uh, I'll probably get the, the, the numbers ever so slightly off here, but um, we we're doing some pitching to investors um, about six months or so ago, and um, we since decided to sort of remain uh, self-funded. Um, so, uh, top spoiler there. But um, 
Uh, yeah, at the time, <laughs> it was sort of, I was putting together a deck and I, I wanted to sort of express the very thing that you were talking about there. We, we knew it was saving time. We were hearing it from our customers all the time, but I kind of wanted to quantify it. So I, I reached out to one of our customers um, and bless her, she's, she's in Australia and I think she must have got the message sort of her evening time and she immediately responded back and said, call me now, I'll, 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 I'm happy to help. And she jumped on a call and she talked me through exactly what she was doing previous to Missing Letter and, 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 and how that had now helped her um, today. And it was something along the lines of um, uh, about three or four hours per blog post when you consider um, the continual time over that year of having to sort of schedule and create the content and then send it out and remember, you know, check in each day to see what needs to be sent. But crucially, there was that, that extra inefficiency in her VA or, or social copywriter creating the content, but then having to pass it back to the business owner or the original writer, the author, to actually approve what was then written. And then, then that would then go back to them for editing if there was needing. So it was this massive to and fro, and it, it, it ultimately equated to quite a few hours per blog post. Um, and I think for her, it was a, a saving of about 1,500 per month um, in, in, t- in, in expenses that she was spending on, on these people who, yeah. quite frankly, uh, could be spent in other areas in terms of adding value to her business. And, and so they were able to spend the same amount in effect, but have them spend it in other higher value areas. Oh, definitely. No, that's a great one. And, and uh, it's a nice feature that I like about the review process in there, because that is something that otherwise you have to build out yourself. And this doesn't have to be complicated, but it is time consuming building, you know, maybe using something like Trello or uh, Google Docs, and then you need notifications and emails. So yeah, much appreciated. Yeah, cool. And I, yeah, I was curious that that makes sense. I hadn't actually tracked how much time, but uh, that makes total sense to me. So as far as uh, automation, then, while we're on the subject, I'm kind of curious. This has got to be, a, I would think, an area of interest for you. Is there other things that you would you see out there that you would like to automate or things that you have automated? I'm kind of curious. I have my own things. You know, These are the little scripts or whatever I've done. Is there either within the kind of framework of missing letter or anything at all, um, I guess? Is there anything that you see as an opportunity to automate or something you guys do in-house that's kind of neat? So pretty much everything is, well, as many things as we can do is automated or at least systemized. Um, we, I guess it, it's a controversial topic really about whether you um, spend the time and effort and energy on building out your own tools internally, mm. um, even if they're literally just for internal purposes, or whether you um, go out there and, and buy an off-the-shelf product and, and just free up your team from doing what you would have, you know, would have previously done, which is pretty much what I was explaining a second ago yeah. at the, the time that Missing Netta helps you with. But we can't help ourselves because we're tech people in our business. I, you know, I'm, I'm running the show and I'm a tech person. So, you know, I have a predisposition, I suppose, to trying to solve things internally. So, yes, a lot of our things are um, sort of productized and, and standardized in that sense. I suppose one that a couple that spring to mind, uh, we, well, you spoke at it, actually. We did a conference last year. And, uh, you know, I had a, an ambition to create a summit, an online conference of a, with, with, with one, at least 100 speakers um, from a whole range of, of, of business sort of disciplines. Um, and it became clear very, very quickly that unless we automated a huge chunk of this, um, we would never achieve um, the end result. And not only that, but with the end result um, needing to be achieved in, in a matter of weeks, um, it really was a no-brainer that we had to automate a huge chunk of that. And I could bore you with what we were automating, but things like 
Yeah, I am. I'm definitely curious. This is something I've definitely wrote down. I'm curious to share with people because like you said, just to clarify, you, it was over, right? It was over 100 speakers at a virtual summit spanning what, like mm. a week or two weeks? Two, two weeks, 100. It was 101 speakers and thank God for that extra one because <laughs> one of them cancelled and so I was still able to say, claim that we, we, we actually did have 100 speakers speaking. So we had exactly 100 speakers. Holy cow. I mean, that's an undertaking. <laughs> so yeah, by all means, talk about how you guys did this. This is fascinating. Yeah, so this may get a bit, it's, it's more techie than business process, I suppose. But um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so just, just picture this, right? So, so, so you're doing a, you're committing outwardly. You've, you've told people now that you're going to be putting on a, a conference, having never put on a conference before. And okay, this is, a, this is an online conference. It's not an offline one. So it doesn't quite bring with it the baggage that an offline one would ordinarily have. So yes, it's, it's a bit simpler in that sense. But if you go onto Google and search for, you know, putting on a summit, a virtual conference, believe me, <laughs> the, 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 the blog posts that people have written to explain the various tools and things that you need to be putting in place in order to put something like this together, um, go into the thousands and thousands of words. And it my eyes were bleeding within minutes of just trying to read this thinking, God, how do I put this thing together? What do I need to do to achieve this? Um, and so I thought, right, okay, we may only have six weeks until we're putting this thing on. I may not, may, may have only found my first 10 speakers so far and still have a hell of a lot of work to do in that area and the promotion and the marketing and everything else. But what, let's build the product let, from scratch and let's see if I can build something that would at least enable me to put on a conference that I would be proud of putting on that, that, that looks good, that, you know, that feels good for the attendee, for the sponsors, for the speakers and everything else. And so some of the things that we ended up automating were things like promo graphics that I touched on a second ago. So it became clear to me that if we want our speakers to promote the conference, and probably we do, um, I'm, I'm definitely not going to be spending the time manually creating a promo graphic and a social tweet um, with, you know, copy yeah. and pasting their, their name in there, their Twitter handle, the, the hashtag, all that sort of stuff. I'm, I'm not going to go and create all that. So built out this, 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 this into the platform so that, you know, we create these, I think we created three versions of these three different variations of these PNGs um, that were social cropped, ready for each of the networks with tweets as well. So our, our speakers could each share them. Um, that was then tied into an email marketing solution that I built from the ground up that would automatically notify those speakers at certain um, uh, sequences would let them know about the, um, the, the, the the banners and the tweets and what they should expect in terms of the conference itself. And then you've got everything within the platform itself. So how do attendees sign up? Um, uh, how do they get notified and reminded um, about the talks that they um, have coming up? So pretty much everything that we built falls into the, the category that you're, you're bringing up here mm -hmm. around automation. It was an, an automation fest. Um, uh, <laughs> so yeah, it it um, was in, insane, quite frankly. And so previously, I may be misremembering this, so feel free to uh, let me know, but is this, did the platform you build, are you, is this some, one of the businesses? It is, yes. So, I mean, and that was genuinely not the intention when we set out to run the conference for Missing Link. Yeah, but it sounds like what you're saying, I mean, there's an obvious need and, you know, it mm. sounded like the complexity when you looked into this sounded pretty overwhelming to anyone who didn't have the resources like of, of your team. Yeah, I mean, it seems that, you know, I think it's, it, it, it is an emerging I mean, we've all probably heard of summits before and we've probably watched one or two before. And so it's certainly not a new thing, but I think it's absolutely a, a, a booming market. And I think more and more 
sophisticated companies, larger enterprises and, and you know, high, high end sort of companies, you know, tech companies and everything in between are seeing it now as a really, really captivating channel with which to engage with your audience, find a new audience, but also, you know, really put yourself across as, as thought leaders in the space. And yet there's no solution that, that really end to end enables someone to sort of go, right, within a few clicks, I want to create a, a, a full turnkey summit solution. And so that's what we have today. It's called Hey Summit. You can check it out at heysummit.com. But yeah, that was kind of the the result of the platform um, version 0.1, if you want to call it that, um, that we put together for the conference that we did September last year. Very cool. Yeah, I can see that uh, one, I'm going to look into this after we get off the show. Uh, but uh, also, yeah, because it's one of those where two to three people, or maybe even four, let's say five, I could see doing this. I enjoy some automations. I could set up some stuff with Zapier, my email, this, that, the other thing. But it quickly gets out of hand. And even yeah. I think coordinating five people would be difficult, if not just plain old time consuming. So yeah, a hundred people, literally, I can't imagine. I can't imagine managing the people who are managing that. So, <laughs> so that makes sense. So then from your point of view, I'm still curious, even though you had to you spent more time maybe on building more of a custom solution for putting on the summit. What do you think was the, what was the toughest part of all of that? Hmm, good question. I, I think it was really just a, a quality, you know, a sense of quality and wanting to, you know, I knew that the platform was wrapped up and I knew that was, um, you know, I was pretty content with, with how we were putting ourselves across. Uh, it, it looks great and it worked well and all that sort of stuff. It was more just making sure that as an event, that it felt good, that it was received well, that the, that the content was of high quality. And of course you were speaking there. And so, you know, we had to let one go down, but uh, <laughs> no, it was a prime example. Luckily there were so many others to cover. So. <laughs> no, but honestly, it was, it was fantastic. Yours, yours absolutely up there. And it was, it, it really was great to, you know, because I, I suppose the downside of, of, of having that additional focus um, in, in building the platform out, I suppose it meant that by definition, I was spending a slightly less time on nurturing and engaging with the speakers and, and, and sort of really, you know, helping them put together their, um, their, 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 their talks. And I suppose in the, if I were to just put on the conference, I probably would review each talk. I would probably, you know, give them um, uh, feedback if needed, et cetera, et cetera. I did none of that. And so it really is a massive, you know, shout out to to, to yourself and all the other speakers that they put on a, a rock solid um, event in terms of the talks that they were, they were delivering. The quality was exceptional. And I think that was probably more luck overall, you know, considering there were a hundred speakers, you know, considering they were all pretty much at such that high level, that high bar, um, that, that I was really sort of um, chuffed about. Good deal. Well, then I guess uh, flipping it around, um, what do you think was, from your point of view, what was the best part of, of doing this? Um, seeing interest in something. I think it's, 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 um, you know, we, we, we're always, always talking about, you know, in the business world, you know, MVPs and testing early and all that sort of stuff. And, and here I was, um, doing a conference that was, you know, for all intents and purposes, just a marketing sort of channel that we were exploring for the missing letter. And yet at the end of this, um, finding myself with a, a business, a new business in its own right and seeing that interest from uh, the attendees, from the sponsors and the speakers um, for the product that we, we inadvertently built um, was fantastic because you, you know, I don't know about you, but I've spent half my life chasing that sort of initial interest by putting MVPs out there and seeing whether people 
bites and all that sort of stuff. And here we were, people knocking down our door for something that we didn't really intend to to build in the first place. Definitely. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I was looking at my notes, hence the pause. I, I want to circle back uh, to talking about the kind of beginning of this and how you create started to create the summit and you built your tool and you said that, you know, this is something clearly you, you can handle in-house versus buy. How about uh, just in the general sense and kind of talking automation here, how about others like people like myself where, um, you know, I know how to very poorly script in Python, but I know it's a huge waste of my time to try to go and, and build all this stuff out myself. Where do you see automation fitting in for, for people, either entrepreneurs or small businesses? Is it something that you advise people to take? I mean, clearly to some degree to take advantage, but um, I guess just what are your thoughts on automation? People should learn how to use more of these tools. They should have someone else do it. They should figure it out themselves. What do you, what do you think? Well, I, th- I think certainly it's important that you you are aware of your strengths and all your team strengths so that mm-hmm. you can you know, most effectively capitalize on that. And so it just so happened in my case, I, I, I can code. And, and so I knew what I was capable of achieving within a short frame of time. And so it made sense for me to build that out. I think if you're not in that camp, I, I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily worth your time trying to sort of hack something together if that's not really the best use of your time. I think I, I'm going to hash the phrase here, but what is it? If you're, if you're great at something, can t- stick at it because you've got a good chance of being you know, really excellent. But if you're just good at something, don't bother because you, at best you'll be you know, slightly better than that. And, and, and that's you know, just mediocre in terms of the, the wider landscape out there. And so for the majority, I suspect, who, who don't you know, have the technical chops to build things out, I think there are so many tools out there that, that, that you can use to automate various parts. And I, I, I really think those off-the-shelf you know, tools out there are fantastic. But just generally, when it comes to automation, I think we've also, on the flip side, we've got to be careful that we don't automate for the sake of automating. Mm -hmm. First of all, be clear about what the intended outcome is. And I think missing letter is is a good example of that. And I do a webinar once a week um, for anyone who um, lands on the site and just wants to learn a bit more about missing letter. And one of the things I, I pretty much always say is, you know, just because you've got a tool in front of you like missing letter, doesn't mean you should be automating every single blog post that comes that, that you publish on, on your site. Um, because, you know, when it comes down to it, any automation tool is, is, is simply taking an input and doing something with it, some clever processing, hopefully in the middle, and then popping something out at the end. And, you know, we've probably all grown up with, you know, phrases from our teachers at school saying, you know, if you ask a stupid question, you're going to get a stupid answer. <laughs> and, you know, and, it, and it's, yeah. it's, it's no truer in this digital age where we are creating a lot of content, we're doing a lot of things, and it's so easy. There are so many tools that can help us automate all these different things, but just because you can doesn't mean you should. Um, and a good example, you know, applying it to Missing Letter would be if you are publishing, and I've spoken with customers time and time again in this sort of scenario where you know, they're publishing, let's just take it, make it simple. They're publishing, you know, blog post every single day and they are creating a campaign, you know, social content for every single one. Let's take missing letter out of it. Let's just imagine they're tweeting about every single blog post that, themselves. You know, let's just take, take the product out of it for a second. Um, you can imagine how very quickly their Twitter stream is going to get completely just bottled up and, 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 and you know, full of all these tweets talking about every single blog post that they've written. Now, they might have value each of those blog posts, but are they really excellent? 
And so I think there's a discipline that we all need to start learning in this day and age now where we need to pick and choose. So in that example, you know, out of that seven, out of those seven blog posts that you've published in that week, is there one that stands out? And if there is, my God, publish, you know, promote that one, mm. put fuel on that, you know, fuel on that fire, um, because that's where you're going to get that real value. Um, and you're actually going to do a, a real service to your social followers because they're now going to see a slightly cleaner clearer more intentional social output as well um so yeah i think that's that's something that i feel pretty passionate about trying to trying to mop up the the bad content and the bad usages use or usages uses i should say of um of, of automation and trying to help people understand that pick and choose use wisely definitely i think that's a really good idea and actually this uh fits in well something i literally just read two days ago uh simon lau from otter.ai um, I'd asked him about uh, what uh, book or what article had been really influential for him in 2018. He sent over something I'd never seen before. It was an article by Tiago Forte. Uh, hopefully I get his name right. And he's talking about this uh, process of progressive summarization. And so this is kind of the opposite way. But let's say you take a note about something or you read somebody's article. And over time, let's say you just save that. That's the first thing you do and you read it. And then you come back to it because you need it as a reference. So when you come back, uh, you bold the important parts or what you needed. And then if you, and then you just leave it alone. And if you come back to it again, then highlight the super important stuff. Anyways, there's many layers to it like that. So what you were saying mm -hmm. about going back and maybe once a week or once a month, you go back through your content or you have someone do that and select the best ones. Uh, you know, it's kind of like one step of that process where, you know, you're really only sharing the best and you're going to get the most bang for your buck out of the very best. Yeah, and I think it's a necessity, particularly if we just sort of keep it in, into the in the content marketing mm -hmm. sort of landscape that, that, that kind of part of this conversation is circulated around. You know, we we started out, you know, was it 10, 15 years ago? Um, you know, when 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 the, the internet was maturing a bit more, I suppose, and social media and everything else, where it was good enough just to, in fact, it was integral to to actually just show the search engines activity to show volume was there that you you were po posting things out that kind of related to the keywords that you care about on a consistent basis and that was what was valued right now but they're all right back then but, <laughs> but here we are fast forward 10 15 years and there is so much volume out there that that quantity is no longer good enough and i think the quicker we each individually as as individuals but also as businesses and the strategies that we think about um the quicker that we think about producing smaller amounts of high quality versus high volume of low quality, um, I think it will be a much more manageable um, sort of landscape uh, across the social spheres, across the blogging spheres, blogging spheres, spheres, and all those things in between. Definitely. Completely agree. Uh, so we've got just a couple minutes left here. Um, I'd want to talk about something else I, we've come close to touching on with content marketing, and I'm curious to, uh, for your opinion on this. If you've got someone, an entrepreneur, somebody with a small business, and they want to get the most from their content marketing, uh, where do you think that they should spend their time and effort um, as opposed to automating and outsourcing? Where are they going to get the most bang for their their time buck, as it were? Well, for everything I said, that's a great question because I, it's actually something that, you know, kind of a thought exercise that I'm working through myself at the moment mm -hmm. because I do think uh, the future, as I mentioned a second ago, of content marketing more widely is in solving that, that that quality piece. You know, how can we help ourselves create better quality content? And so I think that kind of ties into the answer I'll, I'll give to that question you just asked now, which is um, 
Task yourself with writing a single blog post. So rather than give yourself the weight of, I've got to create a blog post a day or one, one a week or even one a month, just task yourself with the simple job of writing one blog post that you're going to publish in a month's time. So you're not even forcing yourself to write it over a couple of days. But now challenge yourself with that one blog post for it to be a pretty epic one, you know, something that is, you know, 4,000, 5,000 words plus. Um, and then go into, you know, one of the free keyword research tools or perhaps one of the paid ones like Ahrefs or SEO Moz or something like that. Um, and research around your subject matter, your business, your industry, whatever it is that you, you, you work on and, and come up with a, with a phrase or something that you, that you know there's an intent that people are searching for and, you know, do all the normal stuff. I won't go, you know, bore people with the SEO sort of side of, you know, working out competition and, 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 and difficulty and, and all that sort of stuff. But find something that you think resonates well as a subject and then set out to write a really long version of that that is detailed, that contains all of the information that people in, in you know, who are looking for that content would care about. And that, I think, will put you in massive, um, uh, massively advantageous position um, and you should see some, some really powerful organic traffic from that um, that will give for a long, long time. And any promotion you do on the back of that um, will be that much more powerful because you're sharing something of genuine worth. Um, and when it comes down to it, that's one piece of content. Mm. Um, and, and I think pretty much anyone should be able to do that. Definitely, definitely. Totally agree with you. All right, so heading into uh, the last two questions here. This one, uh, I'm always curious, and people ask me uh, the same question about the guests. So I've got to ask you, besides missing letter, what tools and apps do you use yourself, you know, to stay organized, keep productive, all that sort of stuff? Cool. Well, I use, so I love Slack. That's uh, our, our team is remote, so we, we're pretty much glued to that. That's how we keep in touch. Um, I've just started from a productivity standpoint. I have always gone, I don't know about you, but when I, I, I like shiny new things in terms of products and everything else. And um, whenever there's a new task tool or app i'm always on it because i love to sort of um play around with it and see what it's like and i think like a lot of people i'm hoping that it's the one that i will actually stick with because to this day and day i have not been able to stick to a single task tool and i just end up switching between notes and 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 and, and, and like literally a physical note or, or or a text editor you know just something really really straightforward yeah. um but i've been trying to force myself to be a bit more intentional about keeping those tasks in a more organized way. Um, and so I've started using things on um, the Mac and iPad and iPhone, and I found that to be really quite good, actually. Um, so things, Slack, what else am I using? Um, yeah, email clients um, and intercom for support and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I think Slack is probably the most important with my notes and then things. Gotcha, cool. Well, I haven't used things. I'm not uh, in the... Uh... Uh, Apple ecosystem, but I will have to uh, look into that. I'm, I'm sure it's a good one. Is that kind of like a, um, I'm trying to think, like notes slash projects type of thing? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, there's, there's nothing too wacky or different or unique about it, I suppose. Um, maybe it's just finally I'm getting to the realization that, okay, enough is enough, Ben. <laughs> the perfect task app is not going to come out. Just pick one and use it. I think so. that's more an indication of where I'm at. Gotcha. Well, that's really good. I'm glad you said that because, you know, I, I talked about this uh, today. I did a, a quick video and it's like, you know, uh, somebody was saying, I, I just don't feel productive and I'm not sure where to start. And, you know, I, without diving into the details, one of the part of the answer is, well, just, you know, do your daily review, do this, do that, pick a tool and just use it. And if it changes, that's fine. But consistency is what matters. You could use the wrong tool, but if you use it, you know, 80% uh, correctly and you use it every day, that's going to be better than just switching back and forth every week and, you know, never really settling down. 
Yeah, definitely. And, and and the wrong tool, using the wrong tool doesn't stop you from finding the right strategy yep. or the right process or the right content or style of writing or, or, or information that, that, that needs to feed you in order to get on with the task at hand. Um, as you say, you can switch the tool out later definitely, on. Definitely, yeah. Creating that framework to work within and then you can swap out the tool and you're mm. good to go. Yeah, totally. Well, cool. All right. Last question for you, Ben. Uh, what book, or I'll let you choose multiple, uh, what book or books do you recommend the most to people right now? It's a tough one. I, it depends what you, what sort of person you are. I know it's a bit of a cop out, but, um, you know, I think books are so personal and, uh, you know, I could, I could tell you a bunch of books that I've read, but you might not get the same thing out of it that I have. Now I have, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I mean, I, I love reading biographies and that's because I don't read books because I'm, I'm searching for that tactic or strategy. I read books in, in particularly business books because I want to be inspired and mm. I want to feel this energy and, and sort of, and just, yeah, just, just be inspired. And so I'm, I, I love reading the, particularly the Robert Barron era um, across the pond that where you guys are in the States. And so people like Andrew Carnegie, JP Morgan, Vanderbilt, um, Rockefeller, those sorts of people. I, I, I love reading about them and what they were doing at, in that sort of era. I find it fascinating because they were really sort of just understanding how to, create these these gargantuan companies and how to ride the stock market and and and, and create sort of you know national national and international companies and uh, a lot of shady stuff but um, <laughs> they were yeah. against it and, and they were just learning on the spot and I find that really exciting to sort of read about um, so yeah I, I, I the, the, my standout one is is Andrew Carnegie um, his well not his biography but uh, a biography on him by Crass, K-R-A-S-S. I forget the guy's first name. All right, good deal. I'll look it up, and uh, anyone listening, I'll have that in the show notes. Big, chunky book, I warn you. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah, I was about to say, biographies are usually not the short ones. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks for that. And thank you for a great interview. I really appreciate you uh, coming on today, sharing all uh, your your experience and information with not only myself, but uh, everybody listening to this. Hey, pleasure. And so obviously we've talked about Missing Letter uh, and Hey Summit, but if people want to find out more either about you or about your businesses, what what's the best place uh, for them to do that? Cool. So uh, I'll just rattle them off really quickly. So Hey Summit, you can check them out at heysummit.com. Um, you can check out Missing Letter at missinglettr.com. So yeah, there's a missing letter in that word. Truth and advertising. Um, and you can also check me out on Twitter, um, which is Ben Bell, B-E-N-D-E-L-L. Awesome. Thanks again, Ben. Cool. Pleasure. Cheers, man. Thanks again for listening today. And if you can think of one person in particular who would find today's episode really helpful, please share it with them by sending a link to the episode in an email or a message. And before we wrap up for today, you know, people ask me about how to improve their time management skills improve their ability to focus on what's important and use automation to save time in their business and get started building their own team. And if you're a bit like me, it's nice to have a bit of a guide or outline to help with areas like this, which is why I created The Foundation, to help listeners get a solid framework or foundation to help them be more productive so that they could grow their business, improve their lives, and do it all with less stress and time involved. If that sounds like something you'd like to do, then head to productivity.academy slash the foundation and get started.